Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Dramatic Dream Dragons podcast here on the Five Star Network. We are a podcast all about Dragon Gate and DDT, and today we're going to talk a lot about DDT. <laughs> but as always, I am joined by my host, uh, my, my co-host, Yannick and Dylan, and I'm as always the host of the show, Sondre Bjorn. Uh, this week we, uh, well, first, hi Yannick, hi Dylan. Hi Sondre. Hi, everybody in the whole world that's listening. Oh, yeah. We are we are a podcast here on the Five Star Network. And um, I should, uh, before we start going, plug every other show on the Five Star Network. Uh, so on the Five Star Network, we have uh, Stardom Quest, a podcast all about stardom. Uh, we have Puro Gems, a monthly podcast all about all the other Japanese pro wrestling and we have Watch Teach, uh, who uh, is a, a podcast watch along podcast watching TJPW. Uh, I I am plugging that because we I was just a part of their last episode where we watched uh, Grand Princess live, and uh, that was a really fun show. So I needed to plug that. Go go watch the go listen to that and watch Grand Princess because that was a great show. Uh, and we also on I on I hate this right now. We have all all elite cast who have moved on. Uh, the the host on of the podcast has moved on. Uh, Scott and Sixstar, and uh, they are looking for new hosts. Uh, so if you if you are into all elite wrestling, you should reach out to the Five Star Network Twitter account if you want to host a podcast all about all elite wrestling. Moving on, um, we. Uh, also have those like special live streams uh, that is actually one going on right now, which is like a champion march uh, march madness thing, where I think Scott, Savy, and uh, Dylan, other Dylan, uh, Star Quest Dylan, uh, are doing a um, like March Madness like uh, world champion thing for wrestling, which. Was an idea that sounded really cool when they described it to me, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. But like they're streaming while we're recording, so <laughs> uh, watch the one of that because that will be on the Five Star Network YouTube. And then, uh, some uh, before we start going and talking about DDT and Dragon Gate, or well, about DDT, I should explain that this week we will not talk anything about Dragon Gate because. We want to save that for next week and give this episode to DDT. Any, any, any guys? Any two guys? You know, Sandra, here's what I got to say. Uh, because yeah. you were mentioning that about the March Madness tournament. That's a big thing right now. And you brought back some terrible memories because Memphis got beat in the first round, unfortunately, of their tournament. A truly controversial faction, unfortunately. But what I was thinking when you were saying that is. I think both of you, esteemed gentlemen and, and analysts of this pro wrestling game, are pretty well versed in the champions uh, that are going to be in this March Madness bracket. And Sandra, I'm going to ask you, we're not going to go through the whole bracket or anything, but if you had one champion that you had to put your your chips on, who is the best champion right now in pro wrestling? Any champion, it doesn't matter who it is. I think it needs to be a world champion. It, it needs to be a world champion. 
Uh, no secondary champions. Oh, okay. Well, who's the best world champion then? Mitsuki. <laughs> That's true. She a new cha- She's the newest. That, that, is, that is my favorite champion. <laughs> ah, okay. You see, even in Japan, if you just keep it to Japan, because they had everybody. Mizuki they had what does it? I'm I'm going with Mizuki too, but you know, oh, a different the other Mizuki. one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, we've got some champions. You got Okada in, in New Japan. Jake I think Lee. Okada Okada is a, such a safe bet that I don't I don't want to take him. I would go with Mizuki or Arisa Nakajima. Oh yeah, she's one of the best one. I mean, what about that match with Sasamura? Hell yeah. Yeah, this is a totally different topic than this podcast. But still, everybody watch that match. I don't care what kind of fan you are. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can find it. Man, it's a great pick. I will go with Arisa Nakajima as well. Yeah, that is a very safe pick. Great pick. And yeah, we are going to talk about the DDT 26th anniversary Judgment 2023 longest five-hour special in Cork in history. Also the longest name ever for a show. <laughs> uh, yeah. We are going to talk about DDT Judgment uh, because it is a really big show and we previewed it uh, last week. And um, yeah, uh, last week we previewed it and we, like I, I said that it's one of the like most DDT cards ever. And then when the show actually happened, it was one of the DDT, most like DDT shows I've seen. Uh, at least this year, it was such a celebration of uh, the show as a whole, uh, of DDT as a whole. Uh, but what do you guys think about the full show when you finished watching it? Yannick? I've felt re- not relief, but I've felt kind of vindicated. That my hype for this show wasn't some kind of nonsense. I've I've seen this show and was so happy that the show was what it was and that it was so DDT. Um, and I'm glad I trusted them with with that show to be hyped. And I think DDT totally delivered. I was just, I have to give it an automatic F because they said this was going to be a five hour show and it was almost six hours. That's not correct in terms of math. But it's and, the longest five hour show. And, I mean, that's true. It's, it's so long that it's not even five hours that, that it's happened. So somebody lied to us right now on this show and I cannot approve of that. But so imp- I am wanting to state right now I'm analyzing and recapping and watching and reviewing the show under protest for proper mathematics in pro wrestling, which is something I think we all agree we need more of. And I think that that is the one takeaway I had uh, of the show more than any match. Because we can talk about match quality, show quality, DDT-ness. That's all one thing. But, you know, it's like if you spell somebody's name wrong. How could you forgive that? And that's how I, I felt after this. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is fair. And um, as Sanjihiro Takagi said at the end of the show, uh, he he uh, speculated that the the, fi- the five-hour quirk in special was maybe going to be a tradition for DDT in the, for Judgment. And I was not a fan of that, but uh, I was like, no, please don't. <laughs> the thing is, they 
it's not like this is some new thing. <laughs> they've, yeah. done, they've they've had these shows a tons of times over the years that have lasted five, six, seven hours. So it's it's not like this is some way out of the box idea. We've done this a bunch of times before in the past. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, but this show uh, was from Cork and Hall, as the name would suggest. It would be weird to have a longest five-hour special in Cork and Hall history <laughs> without having it in Cork and Hall. But it uh, came out to a pretty solid, good, uh, pretty good uh, attendance for DDT at least uh, uh, of uh, one thousand one hundred and thirty-eight uh, people in Corken Hall. That is, I think, one of the best DDT Corken Halls, like definitely, like since the pandemic started. Oh, yeah, I think it is the best since the pandemic started. Yeah. We had this discussion last week. Um, I'm really surprised that the number is so high. Yeah, you know, yeah, because we were, we were speculating uh, last week if they were going to crack 1, 1k. And I'm pretty happy that they did. Um, I, and the, the Cork and Hall crowd was alive the whole the whole show through, which is even more impressive. Like they were still like popping during the end of their show, and uh, that that is always a plus for me when a crowd can be engaged the whole show through. Yeah. And um, but we'll start with the match breakdowns. Um, match number one, which was regulated to a dark match, so it's actually match number zero, but, you know. Uh, Illusion and Monotatsu Nakamura versus El Unicorn and Raimu Imai. Uh, this match was the graduation match from the DDT project for Illusion and El Unicorn, which uh, turned out to be pretty good. Uh, I thought this was a very good uh, dark match, and, it, like, I was not expecting uh, El Unicorn to doing, like, Great moonsaults to the outside and all that, but yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun dark match. Illusion one with the re uh, revision one, which is like a um, I don't know what I would describe it as. I just know the name. But after the match, uh, Sonshiro Takagi came out and said they could take off their masks now if they wanted to, since they have graduate graduated. Uh, Illusion teased everyone that he was going to do it, but uh, said he still needs, uh, he still has things he needs to do or wants to do uh, with the mask on. And uh, El Unicorn chose to take off his mask, and it was revealed to be Uni. The, like, the 15 year, uh, well, the, a wrestler that has been with EDT since like 2016 when they started training at, at 8 years old, and has kind of disappeared during the pandemic, but now we find out that he's actually been El Unicorn all along. And uh, now he's going back to his old name of Uni, which is pretty cool. Like, I really like that. And what do you guys think about this? You know, wearing a mask during the pandemic is pretty safe bet, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But um, standout player of this match to me was uh, Mune Tatsunakamura. Mune is fucking amazing. He's so good. Um, he's getting all the singles matches in Gunpro now, and he delivers in them every single time. 
Yeah. What but yeah, the match was the match was both based around uh Unicorn and Illusion, obviously. Yeah. Considering the angle and even the finishing stretch came down to them with Illusion getting the win. I thought it made sense for that to happen for Uni to take the mask off after losing again and and not being as uh, pushed in general as uh, Illusion. But yeah, I thought it was a cool deal to have him take the mask off. Obviously, to be honest, I kind of figured he was him, like was Uni, the, you know, when they first came in. I remember when Uni first came in as a kid. Uh, it was around the time when they had the Tin Man titles, <laughs> you know, uh, and everything. Um, but then one day he just disappeared, and suddenly we have this teenage division, and we have these mass wrestlers. So I figured he was at least uh, one of them, and Unicorn was my pick as well. So it worked out, and let's see what kind of future they all have. But I thought all four of them, actually, for what they had here, it wasn't like some deep match or anything. But for yeah, what they no. did, I thought it was a good, like, very fun opener. And good to see these young guys do uh, get this opportunity to do some cool stuff in Cork and Hall. Real quick, since you mentioned it, uh, do any of you guys remember who is the ten ten man tag titles uh, tag title holders right now? Uh, Sana Kumina, I think. Yes. Did they not get rid of some of those? Like because remember one no. time it it turned into like a a six man title or an eight man. No, nah, uh, an eight man title because of yeah, the pandemic an and they they needed to socially distance so. 10, 10 people in the ring at one time would be too much, so they, they became eight-man titles. Um, so what is it now? It's a 10-man it's a again. When oh, okay. it became a 10-man again, the reigning champions had to defend them with only four players. Uh, the reigning champions right now is Mao, Shunma, Toikujima, uh, Yuki Ueno, and Shinya Aoki. Apparently. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> the only the only match they have had since they, uh, like they haven't defended it once since they won it from this uh, from Mikami, uh, Toba, Gentaro, oh, and Takashi Sasaki, which was like last year in like this the summer of last year. <laughs> um, going back to this, I'm happy to see Ryan Wimai. I hope he sticks around for a bit in DDT. I think he has a ton of potential, as lots of Tamura's uh, students do. Yeah. Um, Uni will have no problems without the mask. You know, he's cute. Oh, he'll, yeah. he'll sell merch. I yeah. kind of wish Illusion would take off his mask because he has kind of a kind of a charisma problem, at least to me. And maybe losing the mask will kind of help with that. I think I said kind of three times in that. Yeah, no, so that that makes sense. Uh, I think Uni has like he has such a like hot baby face uh, thing thing for him going that I I I think he can he can definitely be someone that's like featured a lot in the future. Okay. Um, moving on to the. Actual opening match of the show. Um, it was where is it? Uh, no, wait. Uh, some pre-show news first. Uh, Peter Pan was confirmed to be in the sumo hall on uh, in the sumo hall on the twenty-third of July. Yannick, are you in Japan during that? Heck yeah! Hell yeah! And uh, probably it will probably be the last show I'll see. Hell yeah! That is awesome. And uh, Max Bump 2022 uh, was confirmed for May 3rd in uh, the Yokohama Budokan, I think. 
And uh, also conf- uh, during the pre-show, they announced a open op- upcoming match for uh, where the winner gets into the King of DDT. Uh, Hideki Okutani versus Toy Kojima versus Yuya Kuruku, and uh, where the winner gets uh, to be part of the King of DDT tournament. Something that should be mentioned here is that this is on fir- the 1st of April, which is why the, they, these three are in it, because they were the top runners of the of the D-Generation Cup tournament, so they are not in the States on the April 1st, which but Takeshi Masada is, because he won the tournament. So I like that. That is a pretty cute uh, like stipulation to that the top three runners of the D-Gen uh, Cup gets a winner gets into King of DDT to, uh, match. Then we move on to the opening match of the whole show as not the dark match. Uh, Yuri Kuruku and Yuki Ishida versus Toy Kojima and Kasuma Sumi. Great opener. Uh, exactly what you would expect from these four guys after the great like D-Generation Cup uh, tournament. I really liked, I thought uh, Sumi stood out a lot during this match and uh, like looks very comfortable. And he, of course, he's still like learning uh, a lot. But uh, Yuya Kuruku won with the Triangle Lancer and the win rate remains at 100%. That's the most important part of all of this. Yes. Need to keep it going. <laughs> so, you know, typical rookie opener. Um, always in trouble. But it, uh, it was early in the morning when I saw that, two days ago. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of this match, actually. I thought yeah. it was good. I I liked. I agree with what you said about Sumi, and obviously, like you said, this was what you expect if you've seen these guys wrestle. I think Koraku is the best overall wrestler right now, like in terms of carrying a match. But this yeah. was not not meant to be a special match at all. Uh, just to get these guys on there, similar to the opener, uh, just the yeah. the next level, like the logical step forward of the teenage guys and the opener, and then like the dark opener, and then the actual opener is the rookie guys, and yeah, uh, they're on there, and I I like the idea of getting one of these guys into the king of uh, D as well. So uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, next match, Kazuki Harada debuted uh, uh, 13th anniversary of his debut match versus Keisuke Ishii and Somotakao, and Kazuki Harada teamed up with Yoshihiko. Man, I have missed Yoshihiko. This was such a DDT match, and it had all the classic Yoshihiko uh, spots, and uh, I really... Like, the, my notes of this match is that this was peak DDT comedy, and I've missed it so much, because... Yoshihiko is such a highlight. Yeah, this was awesome. I I totally enjoyed this. Uh, you got one of my favorite living comedic wrestlers in Hirata, and one of our our favorite not living wrestlers, in y- Yoshihiko. Uh, yeah. But he uh, was uh, Yoshiko was very effective in what what he did. Very humorous in a lot of their interactions. Like you said, this was like totally an anniversary play the hits type of match. Uh, you had to love seeing uh, uh, Yoshihiko also with the coat and <laughs> little dancing. Yes, that they had. <laughs> that was so and, good. Yeah, it was. It was uh, this was awesome. Like, a very funny match here. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, do you have anything to say this much? Um, it all, it's always painful to see Keisuke Ishii in, in DDT. Um, because he, he used to be a DDT guy and is a Gonko yeah. guy now, but I would love to see him so, so much more. Keisuke Ishii is one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. Um, because he looks like a chump somehow, um, but he's so hard-hitting and charismatic. And yeah, I mean, it's not only the comedy that was good here, it was also the wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like Ishii, like Ishii and Hirata uh, really showed what they can do at the last part. Uh, yeah. The last part. And just like 13 years ago in Kazuki Hirata's debut match, he lost to Keisuke Ishii when Keisuke Ishii uh, hit the running double-armed uh, driver on Hirata who, uh, to pick up the win. Yeah, I call that. <laughs> then, after that match, uh, we got an announcement uh, of recommended by Konosuke Takeshita. Uh, Nick Wayne is coming to DDT on Max Bump 2023. Uh, this is pretty cool because I've been wanting Nick Wayne to get over to Japan for such a long time and finally he's getting over there and uh, DDT is a pretty good spot for that to happen since Nick Wayne is kind of like reserved by AW kind of so it makes sense for him to go to the company that works with AW a lot and uh, of course recommended by Konosuke Takeshita is pretty cool uh, also uh, announced was uh, Ryan uh, Leverkusen from Rain, Pro Wrestling Rain from Pro Wrestling Eve, the Iron Maiden, I think her nickname is. Uh, it, it, but she's also coming in and uh, facing Sakia Kai on Max Bump. Uh, so those were two matches set for Max Bump on March third. Uh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, first of all, Nick Wayne coming in is really cool. He's one of the few actual good talents in the American Indies and somebody who has a lot of upside and talent. Uh, you know, somebody that, uh, not that he's a completed project or anything, but with things how they are, he's one of the better guys. And he's only going to get better wrestling in different styles at his young age. So I really root for that guy. Uh, hopefully he has a great run in DDT. Can have a big match, maybe wrestle one of the top guys. I think you could do a lot with him. He's a good guy to have. Maybe he'll just do tag matches. Uh, either way's fine, ultimately. And, uh, yeah, uh, Rain coming in. I really don't know that much about her, uh, other than her being related to somebody from the band Iron Maiden. Uh, yeah. So that's that's pretty fun, uh, you know, overall. Uh, it'll be interesting. It gives Saki an opponent for one of these matches. And, I mean, DDT is very much... these Both of these moves kind of show you and a lot of the stuff they've been doing. They're really heavy into bringing in foreigners right now, and I yeah. and for for whatever reason they they are, and that continues here. I mean, DDT has always done that kind of, and now when the world is open again uh, by the pandemic being over, it makes sense. Uh, I would expect uh, Lever, uh, her our, our maiden Leverkusen. I can't say her name. Leverkusen. <laughs> uh, Leverkusen is not. Uh, is a city in Germany. So yeah, I would expect her. I, mean, I would expect her to uh, 
probably work some uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro shows also, but uh, that has not yeah. been announced yet. But I definitely accept, uh, expect that. Uh, moving on to the over 40 title three way uh, match where Makoto Ishii defeated uh, Gorgeous Masuno and Shinshiro Kawamatsu uh, to become the fourth uh, over, over 40 champion. The real question is will he defend it? <laughs> you know, this uh, is a match that I have called because this fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, this was nothing. This was. Total total skip match, like it, it didn't even go five minutes. But don't waste those four four minutes and fifty four seconds. <laughs> what if somebody's a fan of Gorgeous Matsudo? They then um, they're not the fan of this match because uh, Oishi pinned Matsuno with the cradle. So, but he was so close to winning that title, though. He was. He was oh. he was so close to becoming the second, the first ever two-time over forty champion, prestigious. <laughs> he actually prestigious he actually defended this title. Ah. but yeah, moving on to a, another skip match: uh, <laughs> pheromones versus pheromones. Oh, yeah. uh, one gorgeous Matsuno once had a match with Cherry for that title. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it actually does, but oh, poor Cherry. But yeah, uh, moving on to Pheromones versus Pheromones Subjugation Army All Out Battle. God damn it. <laughs> Yuki Sexy Inno, Dunshiku Dandy Dino, Yumihito Fantastic Imawari, and Koji Shining Ball Takeda versus Akido, Toro, Toro Washi, Hiroshi Yamato, and Yusuke Okada. This match ended in a no contest after 11 minutes. Of pure pheromones stuff. So a rule that was made before this match was that if uh, Yuki, you know, didn't get naked, the GM would give him a, t- a KOD title shot. Uh, so of course, uh, at halfway through the match, pheromones got the ref uh, to not stop look to stop looking, and uh, then Yuki, you know, got naked. And the, the pheromones stuff. Yeah, this... It, 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 it's time to move on. It's time to stop with the pheromones gimmick. It is so past its due date. It is... It has stopped being funny for such a long time. And, like, every match ends up being the, exactly the same as the last one. It's like, it's time to move on. Give them all something else. Yeah. What's under said? I thought this was excellent build-up to our next potential world champion in DDT. I think that this is what the fans want most. Uh, all of the, the fans were electric for this pheromones act. And I think it was something that you will only see in DDT. And like I said, building up world title challengers, they, they have a blueprint. And this is what we saw. Yes. Yeah, building yeah. up titles, title matches by getting naked. Absolutely. Moving I on. Mean, isn't, isn't the whole sauna stuff basically the same? It just doesn't <laughs> happen in the ring. <laughs> well, yeah. they're not as brave as Yuki Ino. They don't want to do it in public. And also, they're maybe respectful of laws and things like that as well. So. And respectful of our time. 
<laughs> well, that's true. There's no promises of that with Yuki Ino. I never, I never once claimed that, Sandre. Well, there are promises. Yuki Ino just doesn't care. Yeah, that's with the simulation. With you know, he's not the only one that doesn't care. Moving on to a much, much more funny match. Uh, Super uh, Superpowers Tag Team versus Super Salsa Dango Machine and Antonio Honda. It was revealed uh, on a presser before the show, I think, that uh, the Superpowers Tag Team was the Wasteland War Party. Maxine Painter and Heidi Howitzer from... Uh, they are the former Princess of... Uh, Princess Tag Champions. And, um, yeah. They they came... They didn't stop... Uh, they didn't just do the Tokyo Joshi... Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Show, they had to come to Corken Hall to uh, stop the PowerPoint uh, masters. <laughs> this was this was a pretty funny match for me. Uh, yeah. it, it was such a cleanser after the last two matches. Uh, this, this strategy of uh, from Sasodango in the, on the PowerPoint presentation was so good. Uh, it was uh, utilize... Uh, make sure that Max is occupied by giving her food and then focus solely on Heidi because she was the one that got pinned at Grand Princess. So she no, is the was, one. The idea was no 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 the idea was that um that they wanted to make Heidi jealous of Max because only Max gets the gift. And so okay. they hoped that Wasteland War Party would break up. But it didn't happen. I thought they turned on each other. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, just a thing they do. I think that's just funny. Fight like I kick you because I'm mad. <laughs> but Maybe risk. TJPW cannon's not not applicable in this Super Sasa Dango Machine well, universe. That's not true because the day, uh, like today, I think, or no, yesterday, the. Uh, they teamed up again in Tokyo Joshi Pro in Shinjuku Face. So. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess you know, all's forgiven. Yeah. I think, I think now is a good time to mention that this was an almost a six hour show with 16 matches on the Wrestle Universe. And the only foreign talent. The only foreign cyberfight talent was Keisuke Ishii because he had ties to Kazuki Hirata. No Noah, no Gun Pro. Well, Dragon Gate. Uh, Ishii. Naruki Doi and Dragon Gate, though. Well, is... Yeah, well, well, but I want to uh, talk, oh, talk yeah, okay. about the cyberfight. Uh, no Noah, no Gun Pro, no Tokyo Choji Pro. <laughs> There was never as much space on a card as here. Yeah, that yeah. There was just isn't a focus at all. Which well, is sad. Well, I mean that's all true, but you know, hopefully, you know, um Max, hopefully they enjoyed their time in Japan. Hopefully uh Heidi she enjoyed her time in Japan. Hopefully we all enjoy our time in Japan. When we go to Japan, isn't that what matters most? It is. Yeah. And I I really like 
uh, I like this is what I the matches of Wasteland War Party I like. Like yeah. I I thought I thought this was so much more entertaining than the, than the tag title match on totally. uh, Grand Princess uh, between. So this match also showed how limited Heidi still is. I think Max is pretty um Max is a pretty competent a wrestler. They're just kind of typecast in, in teach. Yeah. Um, but Heidi is so so limited still and she's pretty young into her career, like four years or something. Um and then it just goes if you're wrestling Super Sotodongo Machine or Vyuyamashita. Yeah. Well, but, the, anyways, the Wasteland World Party crushed uh, Sotodongo and Honda. And I, uh, with like a combo move at the end. And I, I think uh, a match that be, should be set up for Cyber Fight Festival is uh, like the Wasteland World Party Hunters uh, faction of uh, Sotodongo, Honda, and uh, Palm Harajuku. Going against Wasteland War Party in a three-on-two handicap match—that just makes sense. Man, this show already feels like six hours. <laughs> we went through it with the, some of these matches. <laughs> Moving on uh, to the Sakakai tenth uh, anniversary match, uh, Volume One: Sakakai versus Masahiro Takanashi. Another one I called right because Sakakai upset uh, Masa, Masa Takanashi. When she hit the Kuwait's uh, Kotal roll-up pinfall thing uh, to finish, and uh, yeah, this was this was a pretty fun match. Like, it's not that not that like special or anything, but it was still like a fun match that did its job, and uh, which was getting Sakakai over. And actually, when I previewed the show, I missed out the fact that Sakikai was facing the wrestler that she teamed with in her debut match. Uh, oh. So that, that, that. that was some extra special uh, added to the lore of this match. <laughs> but yeah, what do you guys think about this match? Go on, Dylan. Yeah, uh, I thought this was a good run here for Saki. I'm glad you got it right, uh, Sandre. Uh, you know, Saki deserved her win in a in her anniversary match. They unfortunately couldn't give the same love to Hirata earlier. But still, though, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, Takanashi is a, a really good wrestler. And uh, Eruption was a big part of this match as well. Uh, they were all in there. Uh, you know, Yukio was there. Uh, Chris Brooks was there. It was a kind of a fun match overall. I liked it overall. I thought it was a good match, and uh, one that I wouldn't say I was super invested in going going all going all into it. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was a a fine mid card match on this show. Yeah, it totally delivered on what it promised to be, which was a fine match. In between, kind of a palate cleanser, some technical shenanigans, heavy, tricky stuff. Um, it was good without being special. And it uh, was the last match before the first intermission of the show. And we went to intermission, and when we got back, 
we got to uh, a tag match between uh, Eruption, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Hideki Katane versus Hiroshima and Keigo Nakamura. Another match where I predicted right that uh, it, Hiroshima and Keigo Nakamura was going to win, and after that they were going to form some part of some sort of partnership going forward, and I correctly predicted that. <laughs> just wanted to say that. <laughs> I mean, I just had to had to guess that Eruption will win because it's Eruption. Yeah. Well, the like I thought this was really fun. Yukio and Hiroshima has such good chemistry. Like ev- every yeah. time they wrestle, I get so invested in it. And they were having a lot of fun in this match. <laughs> I said this match is it kind of gets lost in the shovel on this whole card because it isn't really anything special. But yeah, this match was really good. I it's highly recommended for me. I had, had a lot of fun. Oh, I really love Nakamura. I, I think he's won me over and such. Not that I didn't like him; it's just he was gone for a while. But the more I see of him, the more I think this guy can be a great wrestler. Obviously, teaming Hiroshima is a great way to be on that path. And Sakaguchi no Katani, everybody knows what they can do at this point. Uh, I thought it was a very good mid-card match. Uh, probably the best thing on the show to this point. To this point, yeah. I agree there. Uh, but I I thought this was like the start of this show. Like the, the, This match and the match after was like the start of uh, this show having some really good like recommended matches. Um, and this match was definitely a highlight, and I thought it was a good selling point of Harashima and Keigo Nakamura as a team. And uh, the finish was uh, Harashima hitting Okatani with the Somato, and right after the match ended, Keigo was so happy that he won that he instantly made the challenge for the tag titles, even though Harashima got the win. He like he instantly took the mic and asked for the title challenge. Okatani's fucking awesome. And uh, then uh, Hiroshima told him to wait a bit and uh, save it for when they get backstage, but uh, he respe- he still respected uh, Keigo Nakamura's initiative, and then he did the classic Hiroshima crowd. Uh, and, uh... Oh. Yeah, you know, you know the one. <laughs> uh, moving on. Hikaru Mashina versus Takeshi Masara in a beautiful... Like, I would call this a, sh- a shoot sprint, uh, in my opinion, because this was so fun. This was such a fun sh- kickboxing shoot-style match, and I really liked it. Uh, Machina, please become a permanent roster member, because I I feel like all every match that he does like really freshens up the card and is unique on every show. But this actually was a surprise uh, win for Takeshi Masada when he hit the Samurai Driver uh, 01, I think it's called. And yeah, that, I thought this was a very good match. What do you guys think about this? This freaking ruled. I thought this was so awesome. And no surprise when you get to the level of somebody like a Masada, but Mashida, totally a worthy talent to have on any roster. Uh, very quick match, but it was a burst of energy I think the show kind of needed, uh, you know, to continue the role they were on after the tag match. 
And then you had this match, which I thought was really good. And uh, again, I thought these guys worked really well together. Great chemistry. Now you even had the big finish at the end for Masada. Like you said, maybe a little bit of a surprise win for a guy yeah. who's still a rookie, but I'm all for it. Give him more wins. Give Mach- uh, Machida a good run. Maybe have him start, you know, this be a fresh start for him. Have him form a tag team with, with Masada. I'm all for it. I, I, I want them both to work together again because I thought this was really good and a style that I would love to see implemented more. Um. I agree, I enjoy it too, but one thing that really rubs me the wrong way is all these wrestlers taking so many hits from a legit fighter without taking any damage. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of the problem it's... with Aoki, too. Yeah, but at least that's technical stuff. Um, Machida literally just hits them again and again and again and in the head and body shot and in the head again. It's just... I, I don't know. Much. I feel like that's his style. <laughs> like, of I feel course like that's he... his style, but... Yeah. It would be a fair criticism, but to me at DDT, the rules, the real-life rules don't apply. So, so I don't even watch it like that. But uh, you're not wrong. Like you're your criticism is actually completely right. Yeah. Uh, I just think in this setting, I don't think it matters uh, nearly as much. I mean, if you do that, at least give give him huge fluffy boxing gloves. You know, Hobo was there. Yeah, he was in his quarter. So, I mean, this match for a six-minute sprint was like very memorable for me. Like I. Oh, like totally. Takeshi was sort of firing up and like then starting hitting hitting back really good. Like that was such a good good moment of the match and like yeah I don't know it, this match was a standout for me. Yeah, to me this was one of the best parts of the whole show in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not saying like you're wrong or anything. I totally see how this uh, how this and it was a lot of fun. But it's just that one thing that really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I see that. Uh, moving on to a match that went way too long. Uh, Damnation TA, Daisuke Suzuki, MJ Paul and Kanan versus Chris Brooks, uh, Drew Parker and Hagane Shino. This, this was way too long. This really slowed down the pace that, it was go- that the show was going on after the, after the last match for me. I... I like the the most memorable thing about this match was what happened after for me. Like uh, this, fi- the finish of the match was Daisuke Sasaki uh, making the Super Asia champion Hagen Shino tap. So maybe an upcoming title match in Choker Pro. <laughs> but no, the big news of this match uh, after the match was that Daisuke Sasaki revealed uh, his the match at Peter Pan, and it is against. New Japan's El Desperado. Uh, this is a match that has been brewing since Takataichi uh, Desumania last year, and yeah, this this uh, I this shocked me, but it shouldn't have shocked me because they have been teasing it for a long time. But I was so happy when they announced it because I know that Daisuke Suzuki will make this match like a spectacle and a 
like really good gimmick match. Like I'm sure they're they're gonna make this a hardcore match, and they're them they are gonna do some crazy stuff. And yeah, what did you guys think about this match and uh, the El Desperado announcement? Um, Yannick, this match was better than I expected because I expected it to be a train crash. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of okay, and it was at least so okay that I don't don't have anything to say about it. Yeah. It was kind of just there. What about uh, Desperado and Sasaki? I mean, one, and that's really cool, I get to see El Desperado live in a singles match. Uh, but secondly, it is against Daisuke Sasaki, so who cares? <laughs> No, who cares, you know. Um Sasaki has his, his his Sasaki has his moments and I think it, he'll surely be motivated in that match and yeah. as with the the Keno singles match, I think it can be fun. Yeah. But I like that way more than you did Dylan. I know that. You know, Sandre Instead of wasting time talking about this match, I want to go back to something you said earlier. Saki Akai's finisher. Now, if you don't know, she was a part of these drama wrestling plays in Japan where her character was uh, the feathered serpent god of Aztec culture, pronounced Quetzalcoatl. Uh, I just wanted to clear up that pronunciation for everybody out there, and I definitely think that's a very important god in Aztec culture. Uh, One of the top of the heap very important thing, big role for Saki, and I definitely think all of that's way, way more interesting than anything going on that y'all were talking about just now. <laughs> Man, <laughs> how could the Shino was great in this match? That was the, the biggest highlight. I wish he was in any other match besides this <laughs> one because I don't think he got the opportunity to be great. But he is a great, a great man and a great wrestler. Do you want to move on, or do you have anything yes. to say about Desperado? <laughs> I mean, I personally, obviously, I'm not very excited for that match, but for them, on like a personal level for them, obviously they're close and friends and whatever, and they're getting into a match that they want to do, so I can't object to it. It's not like I'm saying, no, you can't do this, because it's what they want to do. But for me as a fan... I'm not going to lie and say that I suddenly like it now, <laughs> just because of that. Uh, obviously, it's for them, it's not for me, or the fans in general. I I think that match is going to be really good, but that is, that is me. <laughs> Moving on to the extreme title match, regular pro wrestling rules. And they stuck They stuck to it. Uh, Yu Nakayama defeated Kotaro Suzuki uh, for his fourth victory of the extreme title with a wrist clutch uh, cradle after 10 minutes. This was really good. They, th- this was such a straight-up wrestling match. Like, both of, their, both of them did, like, really good stuff. Like, it was just a straight-up wrestling match, and nothing, like, stand out about it, but it was really good. Uh, what did you guys say, think about this? Dylan? The problem is, is when you see these names on the card, you, you just you have a certain expectation for it, yeah. and on top of it, like you said, I think we all kind of were worried that 
it was so heavy-handed the build-up to this that it would be a normal match that you thought something crazy was going to happen, but they lived up to their word, and I approve of that for sure. Uh, I thought it was almost deliberately like right down the middle of a, of a like they're like a perfectly average match, but that's like what they wanted it to be uh, because it was meant to be that. You know, it's like they're meant to be as regular of a pro wrestling match as possible. And these guys are, are very skilled, but it wasn't anything that I haven't seen hundreds of better matches of, you know, as, as time will go along. And you, that's a little disappointing considering these guys are legends, but it was good for what it was. Yannick? Um, yeah, kind of expected some more action. Um, I think Isolated this is a really cool match, but um, at this point in the card, it was just kind of there, especially after the, the six men that happened before. Um, I think in another mindset watching this match, it will be Really good. Yeah, I I thought it was like more standout. Maybe because I was like half asleep during the the Nation TA match, but <laughs> I thought like I thought this was just a straight up good match. <laughs> yeah, but it always nothing, felt like a struggle. Yeah, but, but nothing like big to say about it. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, moving on to my match of the night, uh, the 26th anniversary special singles match, Sanshiro Takagi versus Konosuke Takeshita. Man, what Takeshita in DDT? I like I love Takeshita anywhere, but I Takeshita in DDT is such a different energy for me. Like he got the ace team when he comes out, and like he is such. It is such an emotional, like, roller coaster, And especially this match, of course, because of the story of the father versus son. And first, and, like, the build-up to this match was the first and the last match between father and son. Of course, after the match, they said they wanted to do a sequel. But I thought this was such an emotional brawl that I... It was amazing. What do you guys think about this match? Let's go down. Yeah, I thought this way overachieved on my expectations. Yeah. Uh, clearly, they put a, a lot of heart to this overall. And I think that Takeshi is such a great talent. You can never undersell all of the great things that he does in any kind of match. But the energy of this was really at a different level than anything we saw up to this point by far. And really, on the whole show, this had this match had a soul to it that I don't know if any of the others actually had uh, overall. And I thought that made it very special. Uh, you know, that and the thing is though, with such the finish being what it was, was both surprising and cool. To be honest yeah. with you, uh, basically, uh, you know, they did the, the a lot of melodramatic stuff. Uh, you know, where Takeshita had to put him down and he was crying, but then suddenly uh, Takagi popped up to give him a stunner, and then they kind of did a rocky finish here, <laughs> here like Rocky 2, where he made, Takeshita made the 10 count, but uh, Takagi couldn't. So I was thinking, whoa, th th that was an unexpected finish, but really cool. And to be honest, I maybe, like, 
the vibe of this because there was a lot going on to the into this yeah in terms of like like you said maybe a father-son matchup and how much Takeshita means to Takagi Takagi's dreams for the company and Takeshita's dreams at the end this my vibe of this was kind of like this was like a goodbye almost like a, a like a swan song for Takeshita for now in DDT like it was it just felt it had very unintentional specialness to it that I can't quite describe but I I thought this way overachieved yeah absolutely this match got so emotional and it's so it's so over the top yeah i mean they were basically spamming finishers but they told a great story a very emotional story um without me really understanding what's going on yeah but it still just worked out so well um i think you guys have said pretty much everything about it i really enjoyed this this was this was awesome this, um, this shout was... out to shout yeah. out to sanjiro takari to yeah. go through a table uh, yeah that was awesome like he put his hole into this match like he this was like one of the best takari like matches of in a long time because he like you felt his his struggle in this match, and it was so fun to see. And uh, like the emotional, uh, like he was screaming Takeshita to finally hit hit him with another uh, Sai after being hit by like multiple ones. And then like he suddenly popped up and did the stunner, and uh, it both were knocked out by that stunner. But Takeshita got up, and it was a ten count. Uh, but after the match, uh, Takeshita told everyone that he will, like, his goal is to win a AW singles match, a single title. That is his goal for this year, and he will do it, as a DDT wrestler, he will do it no matter what it takes. And in, ex- in exchange for this, he wants to see Takagi win the KOD Openweight title one more time before he decides to retire. He doesn't care how long it takes for both uh, for both of them to have titles, but they both of them have titles. They will fulfill the promise and face each other one more time in cash in a winner take all match or like a ma- a special AW champion versus DDT champion match. And then after, oh, but only then after that, then can Takagi retire. And I really like this idea for uh, Sanjiro Takagi's retirement. Like if they manage to deliver on this, I, I think it's it's gonna be like one of the biggest matches in DDT history, just because of the f- the feeling of it, of an AEW champion versus DDT champion, and it being like Sanjiro Takagi trying his best to win that AEW title before he goes out. It's such a good idea, and I really hope they do it. <laughs> I hope we still have. Uh, Takagi around for a few more years. Yeah. I was thinking after this match, I honestly think like, it's very rare for Takagi to have the kind of momentum he would have off of this match. If they wanted to do a title match with him, I, I really think they kind of dropped the ball not having that set up. Because I think there's a, there's a very fun story to be told with him going for the title. And I, I think that that's something I would like to see in, in the future. The near, the near future, not like five years. Yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah. 
And like with the momentum uh, Takeshita has in AEW, there's like it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when he wins the title in AEW. Like he I don't I don't see him going through the whole year without winning a title in AEW. If even even if it's the TNT title or the All Atlantic title which is like made for him. But either way I think he's gonna win a title. And uh if they then make the decision to have if you make maybe wrestle Peter Pat no, I don't think he's uh maybe like uh what's it what's the never mind. Never mind twenty twenty three at the end of the year. I could definitely see it being at the spot where Takeshita is an AW champion and Takagi is a is a DDT KOD Openweight champion. If they w- would want to do that. I think Tadler's title is a dumb idea, but um, as as I understood it, this this match would be like a few years into the future. Yeah, maybe. And they and that's the go their goals to grow further and to meet when they're older, more mature. But the, I'm not sure if Takaki still can mature. He needs to. He needs to. Um, yeah. You know, to look back uh, uh, to this match and say, "See, we we accomplished what he wanted." Yeah, that that was what I was kind of saying. Like, I really don't think that they'll win titles or be title versus title match. And like I said, unless things flip on their head and change, you know, maybe years from down the line or something. But when is Takagi going to have as much? Like emotional investment into him than we had after this match, you know. Yeah. I think if you're if you're going to do a title shot, especially considering who's getting the title shot, I definitely think that would have been a way better idea going forward to have Takagi have one more challenge or whatever uh, than, than what we got. But... but maybe they don't want to make it for Max Bump. Maybe they want to make Takagi versus Yuji Hino the main event for Wrestle Pinapam. I don't know, man. Takagi in a title match. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but well, I, I think it's funny if he. We, went we don't know. Life. We don't know about that, but they, they might want to do that. Like we. That's right, Yannick. Like <laughs> after this, after this, like a promo, I, I see him winning the title the next like three like. I I see him winning the title before he retires. That is just something that I. That was what I learned from this promo most most of all. Book it. But yeah, uh, after that we went to the last intermission of the show, and after the intermission, a new stuffed animal appeared. Uh, Shitan uh, showed up, and it took probably under a minute uh, for Shitan to be in the ring for until Chris Brooks showed up and tried to kill it. Like he he was so fast in there. He like instantly were uh, set uh, to go and attack Shitan. But yeah, Shitan is like a female version of Pokotan, is what I gathered. And apparently, they're a big big TikTok thing uh, in Japan. But yeah, the match was uh, made between the two for Max Bump. So that's another Max Bump match uh, set. Any anything on this on this? Everybody knows mascot humor is the best humor. 
so we will now bring it bring more of it to us and that's the thing that DDT needs more of so I'm happy yeah and time to remember that the Chris Brooks vs. Pokojan is one of the best comedy matches of all times and it is free on YouTube hell yeah definitely watch that I definitely agree with that one uh, moving on to Samurai De Souls debut match in DDT uh, when he faced off versus Yuki Ueno in an international special singles match. I All my notes on this match is flippy stuff. <laughs> this was fun, really fun, flippy stuff. Such a junior heavyweight match. Like, uh, it it was all, all gas, no breaks. And I it was a very fun match. Uh, Yuki Ueno ended up beating Samurai Del Sol in his debut when he hit the VR out of nowhere. Like, legit out of nowhere. What do you guys think about this? What about you, Yannick? That was really fun. Um, Samurai Del Sol is so springy and flippy, but in a way that kind of works. Um, yeah. Obviously, you guys know no Kalisto. Um, and he he can get a connection going with a, with a crowd um, just because he's kind of charismatic too. It's not just that he's really spectacular and with Yuki Ueno he had a partner to do lots of dumb stuff. I... This match went 13 and a half minutes. Yeah. I would have said it was under 10. This was just really good. Yeah, you know, I think that... It, you know, it was what you would expect out of a Samurai Del Sol match. Uh, the crowd was really happy to see him. Uh, they yeah. made him feel like they were he was a big deal to them, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. Um, the match, to me... Like, to me... This is a very indie style of match what oh, yeah. they did here. Not exactly what I want to see, in all honesty. Uh, not something that's my favorite, but it served its purpose. They did everything you wanted, like lots of high-flying stuff. Uh, like you said, he kind of has, has his kind of uh, niche that he's in with the, the like, Lucha chanting and all that stuff. Like, yeah. He fits in well. Yeah, I I think this was a good example of how a Yuki Ueno like, t- American TV match would be. Just... Get out there, do your stuff, and then move on. <laughs> I'd say this is a Samurai Del Sol match, not a Yuki Ueno match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, that that I that is also true. But you know, um, you, it was Yuki Ueno working Samurai Del Sol style of t- of TV wrestling, kind of. Yeah, and but, he can do that. Yeah, um, it was also like uh, the first match after an intermission. Yeah. So I thought it was placed pretty smartly. Good that is also true. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a good debut for Summer Del Sol, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in DDT and seeing how he can do in all the other matches he's booked in, which is like one so far, <laughs> as I know. But yeah, we move on uh, to Tetsuo Endo defeating Naruki Doi in, uh, with the Burning Star Press when uh, for the DDT Universal title, Naruki Doi fa- fails in uh, getting his victory too, and 
getting to the United States because he really wanted to get to the US and defend the title. And uh, Tetsuo Endo, uh, for the first time in his career, and yeah, he, for the first time in his career, he becomes a DDT Universal Champion. What do you guys think about this match? It was a decent match, I would say. I think that, again, this is very indie style, in my opinion, of, especially with Indo's part. Uh, I thought Doi was actually pretty good, like re- really good, actually, working on top. I thought he had a great performance. Uh, Indo, he's a guy that he does a lot of cool stuff, and that's all he needs to do. Again, in this in this setting, that's all it needs, and I think he did a lot of cool stuff by the end, but in terms of a match narrative, there wasn't a great flow to it, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of the stuff he Doi was trying to do, trying to, to rein him in and work him in, really didn't matter in the long run. Indo just did his normal stuff anyway. And it was somewhat entertaining, but I wouldn't call this a great match uh, overall. I thought it was a, a nice win for Endo in the DDT setting, but not one that I, enthralled me. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, as far as Endo matches go, this is on the on the higher end of the spectrum. Um, I enjoyed it pretty much. Um, though it really started to feel long towards the end. Um, It didn't help that Endo just kind of totally forgot to sell any of his bad knee. That Naruki Doi, you know, worked like 10 minutes for. Yeah. Like, most of the start of this match was Doi targeting Endo's leg, and then in the end of the match, Endo was, like, not selling the leg. And, I mean... That no, is a nitpick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it is kind of a nitpick in this setting, which is kind yeah. of what I was alluding to. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like it matters. Like, you know, the fans don't no. care about that. They just want to see him do cool stuff. So, you know, like, and, and I it, think it, that's fine. All in all, I'd say this match over-delivered a bit on my expectations, yeah. um, but they weren't especially high. So that is exactly how I feel about this match. I felt this match over-delivered a lot of- Apart from my like, I didn't feel any hype for this match going into it. So no, I, when the match happened and they like started going, I felt that it was like I was really enjoying the match for the how the match went. And the problem with the for me the biggest problem with this match was the length of it being just feeling a bit too long for a undercard match. Uh, well, not an undercard match, but still like I I would have preferred this being before or before a intermission or after an intermission not just a sandwich between the the special singles match and the tag title match which was even bigger but then the thing was with this match that I took the most out of it was that Endo, this was kind of Endo working the Dragon Gate babyface style uh, in big singles uh, matches where he's getting beat up a lot of the match and then fires off with like signature uh, offense to get the crowd invested in him in his comebacks and then pulling up uh, then getting the like emotional win and I thought it was a good like sign of how Endo could work in that style and I I really liked that about the match and I felt like this was the most Dragon Gate match of the show of course that is because of Naruki Doi uh, and his excellent 
way of being in heel. But yeah, I, that was what I took the most out of this. That it felt like a Dragon Gate open the Dream Gate title match on a lower car, on a lower show, not a main, big show, but on like it felt like a match that could happen on like a Champion Gate or something like that. I think it's kind of interesting that they, because with this win, well, with this match, um, they totally positioned Tetsuya Endo in the mid-card. Yeah. And that's still surprising to me. I mean, I, I, I've always thought that he, he is on the border of main event star. Like, he, he, for me, he has always been on the, like, he's not quite the main event level of Takeshita. Uh, like, he's, oh, it, he isn't like Higuchi and Takeshita. Like, they, they are so far above him in, like, being a main event wrestler. Which is interesting since they, since they spent literally years trying to make Endo and Takeshita a generational rivalry. I that you would say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a me thing. Of course, I. Well, Higuchi's I, a lot no, better no, than it he isn't is. the, it Yeah, isn't it's not you. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an Endo thing that he wasn't good enough to be where he should be. And that's why he's at where he's at now. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, but then, and after the match, Mao came out and challenged in the exact in the, in the exact same way as Shunma did against Akiyama. Uh, both members of Shunma did the nip power, and then they left, <laughs> and that was their title challenge. Of course, uh, Endo being a, a, a being a I don't know he he wanted to get more of an explanation for Mao, and they talked some bit a bit more. But then they, I think they set this match for, I don't think it was Maximum, but it, it was a show happening in April, so that match is coming up. Uh, but I thought this would, would be a sign of how the tag title match was going, going to go, since both, both members of Shunmao ch- made the title challenges, but no, that is not the way it was going at all. <laughs> what did you guys think about Mao challenging, and Shunmao challenging for the Extreme title uh, earlier? Um, you're right, uh, this, uh, it is a mega max bump in the Yokohama Budokan. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, I like it. I actually really love it, uh, both of them, because uh, the Kyotek mouse style is needed to get uh, Endo going, I think, at least to have an entertaining match to me. And Akiyama and Shunma is kind of my dream for the uh, for the extreme title, and yeah. I just hope it's it will be like a Lego death match or something. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I really think Mao and Endo, the match on my mind is kind of like his match versus Doi, just cutting out the first half of it, where Doi was doing all the leg stuff. Yeah. And Mao may pay back with more ex- like high impact and explosive moves to match Endo. There, uh, I don't expect a lot of like, you know, uh, this is like the perfect kind of match for Endo in my opinion to have somebody that will just do moves with him and that they'll they'll be spectacular and cool and the fans will get into it. And Shunma and Akiyama could be a great match uh, depending on what they want to do with it. 
Uh, I think there's multiple ways it can work and be entertaining, and that's the great thing about a performer like Shunma, who's like such a versatile guy, uh, can do so many, many great things. So I'm very excited about that match. The Mao and Indo match will be good for the fans, even though they're, uh, that's not a match I personally am super hyped for, but I, yeah. I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, and that takes us to the semi-final of the show. Uh, KOD tag title match. Shin Mao making their defense versus Hari Mao, uh, Kasusaro Higuchi, and Ryota uh, Nakatsu. What? I have missed a classic DDT crowd brawl. And this was a classic DDT crowd brawl. They even teased throwing Shin Mao off the cork uh, and stands. And that almost gave me a heart attack of worry <laughs> like i i was my heart was bumping during that spot that was scary uh, but th- this this match was so fun a classic like cork and crowd brawl that i have just missed because they have of course been not happening because of uh the pandemic but i think this was the first like truly crowd brawl uh they have had since the pandemic uh, ended, and oh my god, the finishing stretch of uh, on the on the planks on the wooden planks between the ring and uh, uh, the like crowd barricade was so good. And uh, yeah, what do you guys think about this match? Now this is my match of the night. Yeah, I was I I kind of expected that. <laughs> yeah, it, it isn't surprising. I mean. Shunma and Higuchi are my favorites in this company. It is a dumb, hardcore-ish tag match, which is all, which are all three attributes that really cater to me. And plus, it was in Corican Hall. They could go into the crowd, and it's a uh, the problem of this match is that because uh, Korokin looked really packed. Yeah. Um, because uh, the front side and the and the sides um, are were packed, and just the main um, seating area had um, you know spots left open. Yeah. Um, and with going into the crowds, those became visible for the first time in the whole. Five shows, uh, five hours that the show was already running. Uh, but this is literally the only nitpick I have with this. It's extremely my my style of match. I loved it. This was the match that stood out to me most too. Uh, I thought this was an excellent DDT match and one where you had all of the great creativity and excitement and, and you know all of that stuff that somebody like a Mao and Shun Mao as a team is known for but you also had the great wrestling that Higuchi and Nakatsu bring to the table and the hard hitting stuff that they had I thought that this match not only were they doing stuff that was wild and nuts but there was a real sense of danger in this yeah. match I thought and a real sense of uh, like anytime they would brawl it's like the hits were very uh, they were they packed a punch, you know. They weren't light or indie rific, as some people would be. I thought everybody worked really hard here. Uh, the effort was great, and for a match like this, it really says a lot about these guys. And I have to give them all credit that 
they were able to do a match that's been done to death in the past. Like, how many crowd brawling matches have there been, you know, in the history of wrestling? But it, these guys come in. Not a lot. <laughs> but well, not, not in, in DDT, history, yeah. but in, in everywhere in the world, this is like one of the most done to death wrestling tropes. But with yeah. these four, they actually made it their own and had one that stood out from all of the other ones that are all over the place and are usually boring and lame. This one was exciting and good and well done and, and all the wrestling was good. And it was, I think, a legitimately great match. Like, to me, this was the best match on the show. Yeah. They're like, um, first of all, they already they did the Mayu falling down the cork and hall uh, steps uh, spot. Like, that... Everyone that redoes the falling down the cork and stairs uh, spots that Mayu Iwatani did during the pandemic, they, they they instantly get a quarter star up for me because that's just a reminder of Mayu Iwatani being a badass. And I love being reminded of that. <laughs> but yeah, this I I thought that this was such a... Like, I, I have missed this ma- kind of match in DDT for such a long while. And yeah, it, the ring post throwing, they, they were throwing those, like, these like ring post uh, turn, turnbuckle pads, kind of, that are like round into each other. And like, pe- like some of those look so bad to, to get thrown at you. Like they were really heavy and I was like cringing a lot there when they were landing because they were so heavy looking. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought this match was my second best match on the show and such a highlight of the show. Uh, the um, finish of this match, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I want to, uh, to talk about the finish, actually, yeah. because this was a fault count anywhere match. Um, so a finish in the ring would be kind of dumb. Yeah. But still, they did it so the, uh, with the the planks, um, they put them on the ring on the one, on one side and on the railing on the other. Yeah. Uh, the railing in front of the first uh, row. So it still is technically a false count anywhere, but everybody could still see it, uh, which was kind of clever, if you ask me. Yeah, they, because they did the uh, powerbomb blo- uh, power blockbuster combo that Shin Mao has like, kind of established during this title reign, but on those planks between the ring and uh, the uh, crowd barricade. Yeah, and right. that looked that was such a good visual, first of all, and it was it looked also really painful, <laughs> like for Nakatsu who took it. But that would lead Shinmao to V4. Uh, they are now a V4 t- uh, tag title uh, holders, and after they had made the singles title challenges, I thought that this was kind of a shocking result because that they are tag champions going for the single titles uh, on the next big show. So no tag title match on the next big show, it looks like. It's a shame because they, they've been such great representatives for the tag titles that yeah. you just want them to stay together. But I think for a month, you know, like I said, the roster isn't exactly overflowing with great title challengers right now. And I think they're two of the better ones you could put in there for a singles title. So I, I understand it, even though uh, I'm, I'm with you somewhat because I would love to see them team more. Yeah, and... I really hope we haven't gotten an announcement for it, but I hope they haven't gone away with the Ultimate uh, Tag League, um, because I I really like that tournament, but they haven't. 
announce it, but they have announced King of DDT uh, being the next big tournament. So if it happens, it's hap- it's happening later this year between King of DDT and the DO. But I really like the tag ta- tag league, and now that Shunmao is together, I uh, like I I just feel like they should hold the, the titles until Tag League is over and lose it to the winner of Tag League, if they do a Tag League this year. Or it's time to belt up Nakamura. Or it's time to belt up Nakamura. Thank you. I, was, I almost forgot about mentioning that. Because after this match, uh, Nakamura and Harashima came out, Kevin Nakamura and Harashima came out and to make the challenge that they had teased earlier on. And yeah, maybe maybe Disaster Box 2.2, I mean, is is uh, the next champions. That that is a good point. Thank you for reminding me of that. I and hope Shunmao never loses. <laughs> well, that's fair as well. But if this becomes 2.2 of Disaster Box, yeah, I I think this will. I'd like to see some more Kingdom Hearts references in my wrestling, and I think we need to go all the way up to 2.5, then 2.9 on there. We can never get, you know, well, it, we'll get there after 10 years of, like, 3.0, but <laughs> after that, we'll start over. So we, I'm, I'm all for this 2.2 team that you've come up with. <laughs> that was a slip of the hook. Uh, moving on to the main event, uh, KOD Openweight title match. Yuchi Hino making his first defense. Versus Kyukyo Naya. So we previewed and talked about this match a lot last week. Um, and when it came down to it, this was pretty good. Like, it was a pretty good end- show-ender for me. Like, I, I thought... It w- I, I wasn't really expecting it to be, like, great. But I still found, find, found it really good. And it, it like the per- perfect version of this match was a 15 minute horse sprint where they di- did a lot of chops and horse moves and then went home. But they, they spent a bit more time on this match and it was really hard hitting all through the match. And uh, yeah, I thought uh, Yuki and Naya looked good, but in the end, uh, Yuji Hino. Uh, did the fucking bomb and won the match, which was a great finish. Uh, what do you guys think about this match? What do you think, Yannick? Um, once again, I called it. Yuki and I wouldn't shit the bed. I believed in him, and to me, this is totally mission accomplished. Nothing that will. Stay on the sheets for very long, but this is a match I totally recommend yeah. uh, to watch. Um, I really enjoyed the whole Yuji Hino is the teacher, Naya the student, but Hino is still above Naya. Yeah. Uh, story they did. And um, towards the end, there was. Um, a count out. Um, Yukinayo was out. Well, he he was lying down. Um, and Yujihino stopped the count. He um, he made the referee stop. 
Um, so now I could stand up and continue the match. And after a lariat, he you know didn't win. Um, he couldn't keep him down still after he already practically won it. Um, so he had to rely on the fucking bomb, which is some nice bit of resiliency by Naya. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the main purpose of the match was that moment is when it really started to click was when he stopped the count. And uh, you got that big kick out off the lariat and obviously put him away quickly after. But uh, I think it was solid stuff. I mean, pretty much, I think this is exactly the kind of match everyone thought they would have, you know, like a solid match that's not special. And uh, that's basically how I, how I thought about it. Um, good stuff between the two. Nothing wrong with it, but... I mean, especially compared to the semi-main, which I thought was like a dramatic, like, yeah. you know, a great match. Uh, th this was a really good build-up for Naya, showed where he's at on the card, and I think it was the right call. Like, everything they did was pretty much right where they needed it to be, and I think this is yep. about where, again, what everybody probably expected this match to be was what it was. And uh, I think that's, uh, you know, well enough for Naya. Like, I, I felt that they... They went the length they should have gone. They shouldn't have gone like longer than this. Like if they had gone like thirty minutes, I I think I wouldn't be as positive on this match as I am. Like I I felt like this match didn't need to be a long epic like that. Like it like Higuchi and Hino was lo longer, much longer than this match, and was like it it earned that length. This match didn't like earn a a. 30 minute match kind of like especially I, I, on this show which has been so long yeah, you don't you yeah. wouldn't even need that yeah which is why i my like the perfect version of this is a 50 minute sprint for me which it wasn't but it was still, like it was still like a good horse match that i thought naya looked really good in and as long as they like the right guy won like the, it was naya didn't earn winning the title in like I, I would, I wouldn't be if like the the next, <laughs> if the next title match after this match was Yuki Onaya defending against Yuki Sexy Ino, I don't know if I would be so positive about this show. <laughs> like I'm still not uh, on the next challenger, but still. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that is also it is for the after the match. Uh, Yuki Sexy Ino came uh, or. All of pheromones came out because when uh, the GM said that the next Yuji Hino title defense is at uh, May third on Max Bump in the Yoko, uh, in the Yoko Mega Max Bump. Mega Max Bump. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Yuki Sexy Hino and pheromones came out and made a challenge, like they had teased earlier. Why? Yeah, yeah. Because I tell you why. Yeah, <laughs> and. I um thanks to dramatic TDT I know this. Um or we all know this. Yeah. The stipulation was if Hino um doesn't lose his pants uh, in his match um he'll get the title shot, but if he if he does, they will be DQ'd and you know they had to um they would have had to 
and the pheromones, but it yeah. was a no contest. And Dino's yeah. argumentation was argument was well, a no contest is basically a win, so he deserves the title shot. Yeah, I guess Dino's logic works for that. I guess. <laughs> I I am not a fan of this at all. <laughs> like, why why is Yuki Saxino, you know, getting this? On because such he's a big over trip. as fuck. <sighs> yeah, Dylan, what do you think about this next title challenge? Oh, this is amazing. Like I said, did you not see the build-up they had during the show? I mean, you couldn't have... It was picture-perfect, title challenger build, the type of which that legends are made of. They set this up for, you know... Um, Again, I mean, I've said this before, but to me, this is ultimately what... Like, Pheromones is what DDT is about to most of their fans. You know, like, like that's the heart and the soul of the company in many ways. And that's not, that doesn't mean I like it. I'm not saying that at all. But that's why you get in situations like this, where uh, Eno is challenging. We've seen Dino have title challenges before, multiple times. Yeah. Um, but like, Yokohama Budokan levels of title challenge. That right. is my biggest issue with this. Like, I, I would be okay if this was like a title challenge in Korkin or Shinjuku Face. <laughs> but... Yokohama Budokan is kind of big. <laughs> Dino's made a bit in Peter Pan before. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, to me, the the to the DDT fans, this is a big deal. I'm just not one of them. <laughs> that, that, that's all. Like I said, I think this will be a great match for them, but I don't expect from a like a wrestling standpoint that this like Eno's not a great wrestler. So so by any stretch of the imagination, so you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to deal with it, <laughs> pretty much. That's the that's the only advice I can give all of us is we're just going to have to deal with it. And I think to a lot of the fans, they'll be excited about this. I just and and to be fair, if not him, who at this point, you know, like that's the thing is like there's not a lot of great contenders either. They built up, so why not throw this DDT special kind of main event out at this particular moment in time? Yeah, I wish it was Takagi. Like I said, I think that would have been a lot better and more emotional. But besides that, you know, I don't think there's a lot of great contenders at this point. Yannick? I mean, I'm not surprised they do this. Am I looking forward to it? Not really. I'm still kind of curious how, how the match will go. Um, there's still the slim chance that we'll get the old Yuki Ino and it will just be a really fun wrestling match yeah like it could happen (laughs) yes but will it though (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah but you know at least the pheromones or Occupied. Um, yeah. But with the rest on the the rest on that show is actually pretty fun. Yeah, um, it, we'll it, get the Cheetah debut. 
Um, we get uh, Sakya Kai versus Rain Leverkusen. We get Chunakiyama versus Shunma and Endo versus Mao. I think I think we'll survive a Yukino match. Yeah, like the, the card as a whole is pretty good, so that's fu- that's fine either way. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge you if you didn't want to watch this uh, KOD Open with title match. Like, if you if you at Max Pump check out after the semifinal, I will not judge you at all. Uh, like, I, I, that is a understandable like thing to do for me. Uh, but either way, we are gonna watch it and review it on this show. I promise you that. <laughs> But uh, with that, the show ended, and I would say, at the end of the show, I said this uh, on Twitter, that overall, this whole show was, like, very DDT, and it was, like, if you had trimmed the length of some of the matches and took some of uh, some off of the show, you would have had, like, a show of the year contender in here. Like, there is... There is, there was room for this to be, to be considered like a really, really good show, uh, and a like show of the year contender like easily. I, I, I definitely think that that could have, but the thing was that the show was so long and it, like some of the matches went a bit too long for my liking for undercard matches, that it, it really, like, but you have, uh, like. You have the two standout match of the kind of DDT match of the year contenders in Sanjiro Takagi versus Takeshita and Shunmao versus Harimao. And then you have the like fun fun matches that are kind of there to be DDT and with, with Yoshihiko and the Super Powerhouse match and like Hikaru Mashina versus Takeshi Masara. Like you have there are just stuff that you could have cut down in length or taken off the show, and it would have been a very, a highly recommended show from top to bottom. Uh, but yeah, what did you guys think about what I just said? <laughs> um, I don't know how you've seen the show, Dylan, but I've seen this show in th- um, in four parts, I think. I watched it in one sitting. I in one sitting. It, I just yeah. let it keep going. Okay. So. Because I think they praised it, they paced this show pretty well. Um, but I can't really judge it. Um for how it worked out for me, just watch it watch it whenever watching it whenever I had time, um watching it on the train and so on. Yeah. This was Really fun and well-paced show. Yeah, I I I didn't feel that way when I watched it in one sitting. <laughs> like I I watched it live, and I here's the ultimate problem with this show, in my opinion, and why I agree with you, Sandre, on that point. If you took the top seven or eight matches of this show and put them together. You'd yeah. have a pretty great show. I think the tag match to me was the one match I would say was like especially good. And the Takagi and Takeshita match, 
that's really good. I think if you're into their story, like yeah. like a, a true like like that that was special in its own way. But I think the tag match, pretty much everyone can find something they enjoy about it, uh, and and it really stood out and made it special to me. There was a lot of stuff that was pretty good, but not that special. Uh, you know, overall, like stuff like the early undercard matches, I thought were good. Like I liked them like well enough at the time. I thought they got off with a couple of good matches in a row with the young guys and the the. The Yoshihiko match was a lot of fun as well. Uh, there were por- portions of this show where I was bored. I will definitely not lie about that. You know, I'm thinking yeah. about the stretch where the pheromones came on, and then there was like four or five matches. Up till we got to the Masada and Machida match, uh, I thought, you know, they, and there were some decent matches there, you know, but nothing that really... Like, the Mas- Masada and Machida match woke me up. And, like, the matches before them were pretty good. Uh, you know, like the uh, the tag match and the Akai match, but nothing I'm really going to remember beyond next week, probably. Uh, then we had more boring stuff with with, with you know uh, the the Damnation match. Overall, I thought the Akiyama Kotaro match was okay, like not a bad match at all, but I I didn't think it was stand out to, to to what I expected. Then we had a couple of other things which I wasn't a huge fan of, but. What's good for what they were, I don't want to criticize them. I just personally thought they dragged a little bit with the, the Samurai, Del, Del Sol, and Ueno match, and the Endo and Doi match. So all in all, like I said, if you take the top seven or eight matches, it would have been a really cool show. I think the other stuff was either not great. Some stuff was bad, but for the most part, it was just kind of like, get you know more like filler to me. Like yeah. stuff that I don't feel negatively or positively about. It really is worth. Like, if you had trimmed it out, the whole show down a bit, you could have had. But I think we all knew that going going into this. If you look at the card, nobody could say, "Oh yeah, this this show is a total banger." Like up and down. It's like you knew there was going to be some stuff that we didn't like, and we just hoped that there could be stuff to carry the, the show along. And I think it did accomplish that mission. That it by the end of it, it wasn't like I was dying, but there was parts that I was pretty bored by. Yeah, yeah, and um, with that, uh, any closing feelings about this whole show as a as about DDT and DDT judgment? Not really, but Sandra, I want to congratulate you for winning. Well, we didn't really bet, but uh, you got the most correct guesses on. The winners of this show. You yes. guessed twelve matches correctly. I did ten, then eight. So Sondra is the rightful king of TDT now. Yay! <laughs> I am the king of TDT, and I immediately put the title back on the Gucci. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The I I don't know the like. That whole preview uh, I did for this show, we will keep doing those kind of previews for the big uh, Dragon Gate and DDT shows. Where if you d- if you read that review uh, or preview, I mean, uh, because I wrote the preview for the uh, whole whole show for the on the Five Star Network dot co website, and at the end of each match, I said which uh, which winner we pre- we. Uh, on the show predicted like uh, was going to win 
And I I want to make that a tradition for this show where where I ask you guys who's going to win on this show when we have the full card out. Uh, but only for the like big Dragon Gate and DDT shows. So, Judgment, yeah, we'll do it for Peter Pan. Uh, I'll uh, Dead or Alive, Dragon Gate, Dead or Alive, Gate of Destiny, fi- uh, Final Gate, uh, Kobe World, Peter Pan, and Nevermind. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, you you know the big the big shows. The maybe not Max Bump, maybe. Maybe not. But <laughs> uh, we'll see if I if I have time to write the preview for Max Bump, but we might do it for Max Bump also. But uh, either way, uh, we are not doing any Dragon Gate talk this week, as I said earlier, because it would just make the show a bit too long. Because Dragon Gate had two shows this week that uh, we have some news from, but we'll get to that next week. Uh, and then we'll preview the Cork and Hall show and the Biden show since they are happening the week after. Uh, but until then, anything, final thing you guys want to say? Yeah. Well, just watch Gunpro. Oh, of course. Uh, always watching Gunpro. Uh, we, we all need to do that. Uh, check out uh, my Patreon for my other show, Eastern Lariat, uh, patreon.com slash Eastern Lariat. We did a whole review of Grand Princess. Yeah, on there, we three, three did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we were all there. Uh, I covered the entire New Japan Cup as well on the show. Um, every single match, which was uh, a journey in and of itself. And more stuff coming on the way. Always more stuff going on because the world of Japanese wrestling always continues. Much like life itself. Wrestling is always a great, you know, uh, mini version of life itself. So life goes on and so do the dramatic dream dragons. Hell yeah. Yeah, check out the Patreon review on the Eastern Area Patreon that we did for Grand Princess. It was a really fun review. Uh, and like that that show as a whole was the show of this the last two weeks, <laughs> I would say. So definitely go watch that, uh, listen to that, I mean. And uh, go listen to Watch Teach. If, you're, uh, if you haven't seen Grand Princess, listen to Watch Teach. Uh, we did a whole watch along of it, and I was guest, guest on it. <laughs> So, but uh, until then, you can find me at uh, Sonderbjorn on Twitter. You can find Yannick at Spadouche on Twitter. And you can find Dylan at Viva underscore uh, zero on Twitter. And until next time, as always, be ready, wake up, and go. Wake up and go. Wake up and go.